Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, every weekend is an opportunity to be on mission for God. Now, you have the other five days, but on the weekends, many times there's a little bit more freedom, the ability to help someone, to pray for someone, to encourage someone. So we pray that you'll take that opportunity this weekend as as you're listening to the radio and especially exploring missions, that God would lead you to someone that really needs a word from the Lord and that that word would come through you of encouragement, of challenge, and of blessing. Again, this is Bert Harper, and it's our joy to be with you here on this program, Exploring Missions. Our purpose is to let you know the opportunities you have that with that already God's presented to you, but also looking out for other opportunities that you could share the good news of Jesus Christ. Our guest today for Exploring Missions is someone who took the opportunity uh, to write a, a booklet and really organize a booklet for prayers, especially for those that are parents. And, and let me just say this also for us grandparents as well. And so today we have Cynthia Yanoff. Cynthia, welcome to Exploring Missions. Well, thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Well, we are enjoying hearing from you. I've gone through the booklet that that you have, and uh, as I went through it, it really, uh, I'll put it this way, as I went into it further, it impressed me more. And a lot of times, that's right the opposite. It starts out great, and you say, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. This was something that was significant. And I, I know people will, after we do this, we want people to know how they can pray, how they can get a hold of a booklet that will lead them in being the prayer warriors that they need to be. But you, let me say, yeah, let me say this real quickly. And you go, uh, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a blogger, you host Pardon the Mess from a podcast. Uh, pardon the mess. Now, listen, yes. does that mean you're at home all the time? <laughs> <laughs> listen, I a little bit of everything. But, yes, I figured out in parenting especially that life is messy. And so there's no need to put on a pretense. As soon as you feel like you're doing things right, your kids will make sure that it is evident. It's not all as it appears. And I always laugh about the story. I, my kids have been in church with, since they were basically born. And, when one of my, my son, my middle son, when he was like in, you know, maybe three or four years old, they all came out of Sunday school with these necklaces that said Jesus. They had the little letters, and so you'd make a necklace that said Jesus. And they were all coming out one by one, darling. And my son walked out, and his necklace said, but, B-U-T-T. <laughs> and right then, I laughed, and I said to my husband, this is how we know that parenting is going to keep us humble. And so that's part of the mess. We're just real honest about it can get messy in parenting. So we're going to raise them in the Lord the best we know how and turn them to Him. 
Well, my wife, Jen, and I had three of those kind of boys. I, I can tell you that. And now we have four grandsons with, praise the Lord, one granddaughter. So we're sure proud of, of that granddaughter or uh, grandsons as well. Yeah. But but this, I, I know yeah. you have a lot of ministries going on, but I did want to localize on this booklet, Marked by Prayer, a parent's prayer journal for this year. And that's the reason we want to pl- play it right now, early on in the year. It's not too late for you to get this and pray for your children all through the year. And each week it gives you something to pray. And it also gives you scripture to claim and blessings to write out and prayer requests to be made. It's it's a great, great booklet. So how can people oh, get a hold you. how can people get a hold of this booklet? After they hear this, they may want to do that. Oh, thank you for saying that. You can go to pardonthemess.org, and you can grab a copy there, pardonthemess.org, and you can order them, and we'll get them out to you. And, you know, when when you're talking about praying for our kids, and we all know how important that is, that's kind of where this book came from, a place of something I'm not good at. Of all the things, you know, that we're called to do for our kids, and the days are busy, and there's so much going on, I kept figuring out that I wasn't praying well for my kids. And so I feel like some of the greatest projects that the Lord calls us to are come out of our weakness. And that was how it was for me. And so I just knew the Lord was calling me individually to pray for my kids. And I love that you talk about ministry opportunities and what's going on. Well, one of the biggest ministries of parents we have, it begins in our home. Amen. And so just turning them to the Lord. And, and you mentioned grandparents earlier. One of the greatest prayer warriors in my life has always been my mom. And now as I have kids, her grandkids, she prays over my kids like it's the biggest gift I think she could ever have given me is her prayer life for me and my children and my husband. And and so just encouragement to everyone who's listening that, yes, let, let's be intentional. Let's pray for our kids. Let's pray for the things with significance in a world that's so focused on what's temporary. Let's be focused on what's eternal. And so that's kind of where this all started. And, yes, it's a prayer journal to pray through the whole school year. And you're not too late. If kids or grandkids are already in school, which lots of them are, this is not dated. It's just week one, two, three, four. Just jump in there wherever you are and just start praying for the kids in your life. And and that's right there. I mean, that's silly. Of all the things we could do, that's what matters. It is. And, and I, I just want to share with you, uh, there's 37 different things that you pray for them. Most of them have to do with character, and we'll go through some of those. But I, I loved your remarks in the beginning of the book. It says, the Bible is packed with stories of ordinary people called to do seemingly impossible things. And then you give four examples, and I, I want to do this. This is just powerful. Noah, he was marked by obedience, doing the Lord, building an ark when it hadn't even rained before. You know, I find that extraordinary, uh, Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about that, thinking about the faith to be able to do that. And I like to think about these parents. I know you're going to go through the other ones probably that I mentioned, but who raised these giants in the Bible to do this well? Like, what were the little things they were implementing and instilling in these kids? How were they praying over them that allowed then to raise a Noah, a Mary, a David, a Moses. You think of these, and I'm like, okay, they they trusted the Lord. 
They did. And each each one of these characteristics that we're praying for is something that we need to model as parents and grandparents. And and I'd say if you're a teacher or are you a coach or you you're someone that is has children under your realm of influence for godliness that you pray for this for yourself. Uh, you know, I I've I've fallen under conviction from time to time when I was praying something for for my sons, and uh, the Lord showed me, Bert, what are you doing about that in your life? It's kind of convicting as well as something that that we need to look at and say, Oh Lord, help me to be successful in these areas too, aren't they? Right, right. That's so good. And I was just reading, you know, the story about King Jehoshaphat and how. All the uh, all of the armies were coming against him, and so he gathers his kingdom, clearly outnumbered, but he gathers his kingdom, and he says, we're just going to stop, and we're going to pray and fast. And he comes before the Lord, and he ends this big prayer by saying, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And he goes on later to say, you know, he, he gets word that, like, God says to him, the battle's not yours, it's mine. And that's kind of what's been kind of marking my prayer life recently, is just really realizing in my own life. I can't control every circumstance, especially look at COVID. I mean, if it's taught us anything, it's taught us that the things that we're holding tightly to, we don't need to be holding tightly to. But that the battle's ultimately God. And it's in parenting, it's in our marriages, it's in our grandparenting, it's in our retirement, wherever we are, that the battle's God. And so our goal is to keep our eyes on Him, just like it was in that passage. And so how do we do that? How do we keep our eyes on Him? try to keep them off of ourselves, I think it's key, but just by really consistently praying to the Lord and asking Him to guide us as we model it for those in our lives. And and so, like you're saying, it's really hard. I, I give a lot of speeches in our house, most of which um, come with an eye roll. I used to be a lawyer, Bert, so I can't help myself. Once in a while, I break into my lawyer mode, and I start with my big speech, and, you know, my kids are all, especially I have a high schooler and a middle schooler, my older ones, you know, there's an eye roll. But they're watching what I'm doing more than listening to what I'm saying most of the time. And, yeah. and so it's just a good reminder of modeling it well. You raise a great point. It does. And I love what Jehoshaphat said. And it is a theme for parents. We don't know what to do. And, uh, if, if you're a young parent and you haven't got there yet, you will. You'll say, Lord, what do we need to do? But I, I wanted to go yeah. over some of these. And I want you to comment on some of these uh, different traits, these marks that we're looking at to mark our children, to let them know. And the first one you started out with, I I think is wise, is wisdom. Uh, You know, Lord, let our children be marked by wisdom. And the example is Jesus himself grew in wisdom and, and stature as well, and in favor with God and man. Now, I want to just share with you, the first time I read that and I said, and man, favor with man, uh, you know, sometimes that can, uh, you know, be misconstrued, but it means that you can be heard by men and, and your walk and your talk, there's some consistency there so people can hear what you're saying, especially your children. If you found out children are examiners, they're really examining what you do more than what you say? Yeah, absolutely. They're such examiners, and they're watching. And and you know what I think is important is when we're praying these things, like you're talking about wisdom, favor, stature. Those are things, obviously, that Jesus grew in. And so we'll pray those for our kids. But I think as they're watching us and, and they're examining our lives, 
and even looking at their own lives, it's opportunities to feed in what we do know and what we don't know. I think it's very important to tell our kids what we know about God and what the experience has been in our lives. And I think it's equally important to say, I don't know. I don't understand certain things. And, and you talked about favor. It just made me think, as, as I think of these attributes for praying, when you think of favor, I like to think of God's favor as being like, you know, a job promotion, and, and my kids are doing great, and everybody's healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then I look at these stories in the Bible, Joseph, for example, where he had God's favor. It said that the Lord showed success on everything he did. Well, think about Joseph's life. What do we know? Falsely imprisoned, sold into slavery. Think of all these places that he had really hard walks, but he had God's favor. And so when we're praying, for example, favor over our kids, we're redefining in our own heart and praying is redefined in their heart. What is God's favor? God's favor is that we are written in the book of life when we accept him. God's favor is nothing can separate us from his love, right? You start going through what are the things that make God's favor. And when you look at that through an eternal perspective, an eternal lens, it just completely changes how you walk your days. And so that's the thing, like when you're referring to these, I think, okay, I can go each day and just pray for my kids, just Lord, help them have a good day and be healthy. Nothing wrong with me wanting those things. But I want the bigger things of God for my kids. And so do so does everybody listening. You want these bigger things because that's how we start raising these kids that are doing mighty things in the Lord. Not necessarily things that the whole world sees, not necessarily public. You don't have to be famous to do something mighty for the Lord, but mighty in the kingdom. And so that's kind of where that came from, that first section that we're praying over our kids. Well, you know, when I read that, and after you go from favor on these marks, the next one is faith. And you was talking about what what does God favor? I can't help but remember that when, when the centurion came to Jesus, Jesus said, I have not found so great a faith, not even in Israel. Uh, God God favors men and women, boys and girls of faith, uh, that they put their faith in the Lord, their their trusting him. Uh, you know, that word faith sometimes is a difficult word to completely define, but it is trusting God no matter what the circumstances are. And, and again, that's part of one of the marks you're praying for your children. But I found this out to be true. That one is certainly caught more than it is taught, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Faith is one of those things. I think you're absolutely right. That that you can talk about it all day long, but it's, it's, your kids will know. They know what your faith looks like. Is it something that's just on Sunday mornings when you, when you go to church, or is it something that you're living day in and day out? You know, I had this privilege of interviewing on my podcast one, the founder of Hobby Lobby, and he was talking about amazing, amazing man of God. But he's talking about when he was little, his parents had nothing. He's a pastor's home, had absolutely nothing. But people that would come from the church, they would give them free stuff so they could get by it, food, clothes, whatever. And that his parents would tithe on the free things that came in their door. And they had not a penny, but they found a way to tithe on it. And now here he is all these years later as an adult, and he's got this billion-dollar Hobby Lobby company, and how that impacted his life, and that he's challenged to more and more generosity every day because of those things his parents did. And I just think in my own life, I don't know who I'm raising. As you're listening, you don't, if you have kids that haven't, you know, gotten out of high school, you don't know who you're raising and what God has planned for them. 
And so just starting in those little places, being faithful in the small things that your kids are watching, letting them see you when you're reading your Bible, letting them see you when you're praying, let them see when you're struggling and you're saying, this, I don't know where God is in this. I'm struggling with this, but I know Him to be faithful. I have stones of remembrance from the places where He has always been true to His Word. We know He can't be any other way, and so I'm going to trust Him. Those are the places I think that our kids get that deeper faith is from seeing it through us. And that brings on the identity. And, and this is so important, uh, the identity. I, I'm an Andy Griffith Show fan, and uh, I, I love one of the lines that Paul says to Opie, go out there and be somebody. Now, what that mm-hmm. has in mind is keep your identity. Remember who you are. You know, Don't forget you're God's child. You're chosen from the very foundations of the earth. And this one is marked by identity. To let these children know that just because you're special doesn't mean that you're privileged to be whatever you want to be, but it is special, and God's given us everything we have to live up to the identity we have as Christians, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And identity is a big deal because, Especially right now, I know that every generation of parenting has something new that you're facing that's difficult. That's not lost on me. But being the first generation right now of raising our kids in social media, and and I'll say this, I I think social media and the Internet and and instant access has a lot of good that can come with it. But there's a lot of hard. So you have our kids that are are watching social media. They're seeing, you know, the, the highlight reels of someone else's life and comparing it to what's not a highlight reel of their own life. And it's hard, and you start questioning your identity. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? And I think that's a trick question. No, you're not good enough, but for in the Lord, right? That's what we want them to know. So when we're praying identity over them, yes, knowing that you're created in the image of God, and that He, before you were ever born, had a specific plan for your life, that He knows every hair on your head. You go through all these places of identity. I even wrote some cards last spring that we offered where people could get 30 cards on your, to give your children on their identity in Christ, who they are. Because I think once you know what God thinks about you, it changes how you live your day. When you know you are accepted and you are loved and you are created with purpose, then you live to a higher standard. And so, yeah, there's so much wrapped up in identity and there's so much in this world that wants to claim the identity of our kids. And we just can't let that go. That's one of those that we got to fight hard for their identity in Christ. Here at American Family Radio, we have a sister ministry called American Family Studios. And matter of fact, they're just putting out a documentary film in his image, in the image of God. And it does talk about the identity we have as males and females. In other words, you were born and your identity is God given from you. And and you're to develop that as God has given you as male and female. And, and you're to be who God wants you to be. It's so important to know that identity. We're talking today on Exploring Missions with Cynthia Yanoff. Uh, she has her podcast, Pardon the Mess, and that's how you can get a hold of her uh, website, Pardon the Mess. And, and we're looking and talking about the journal 
that she's produced marked by prayer, a prayers, a parent's prayer journal for this year as your children are in school, whether they're at home, whether they're in the public school, private school, how to pray for them. And uh, again, as I've already said, since I'm in the area of grandparents, it's good for grandparents as well. But another, I, I want to make sure and get on these two, and I may have time to get on more, but I wanted this one marked by Thanksgiving. Cynthia, I've never seen a, a, a spirit-filled uh, believer. I've never seen a believer that was following Christ that did not have that area of their life marked by thanksgiving. And how important is that? Oh, my heavens. Right. Absolutely. Especially in, in our culture, especially if you're an American and you have so much, it's easy to want more and more and more. But that spirit of thanksgiving, I think of David, King David, but all the places in his life where he was in the wilderness, either metaphorically, he was just in a, a bad place, or he was literally in the wilderness, sometimes by his own, own doing, sometimes not his fault. But if you go and read the Psalms, it can line up to a lot of the hard places in his life. What does he always do? He gives thanks. He knows who God is, and he gives thanks for what the Lord has already done in his life, and he claims the victory of what's to come in his life. And not in a material sense am I saying that, but you can read through David's life, and you can see he just had this incredible awe and gratefulness of who God is. And so teaching our kids that, this thankfulness, and, and that particular entry, if, if, depending on when someone starts the prayer journal, that should hit around Thanksgiving. But it's always interesting. It's, at Thanksgiving, you probably see this with your grandkids. You remember this with your own kids. You know, that as a kid, your favorite holiday is always Christmas. And, and I love Christmas now, too. But as you get older, you really learn to appreciate Thanksgiving because it's a time of just showing gratitude for what you already have. You're not worried about buying or giving or all of that, the secular side that sometimes creeps in to Christmas. But just that. Thanksgiving for what the Lord has already done and being able to speak to your, into your kids. But, like, if the Lord didn't do one more thing the rest of my life, I'm still coming from a place of gratitude because of salvation and just what a gift that is. And so I, I love praying thankfulness over our kids. I do as well. And, again, this is one of those that must be modeled, trying to teach your children to be thankful and you are not demonstrate in that in your life of thankful to your spouse, even thankful to your children when they do something that is good. You say, well, I expect them to do it. That's their job. But be thankful they're doing their job. You know, demonstrate yeah. that model. I, I, I really do believe that if you don't model Thanksgiving, it will not be taught. It's got to well, be both. Complete, completely. I, I agree with you 100 percent. And it's funny. Because I, in my own life, again, you know, we, it's hard in the mess. I'm more than happy to laugh at my parenting fails on any given day because we all have them. But uh, the times where I notice with my kids, I think, my goodness, they are not very grateful. Think of all the things we do for them. And then I think to myself, huh, just yesterday I was thinking, I wonder why God hasn't allowed us this or why, why didn't this happen in our life? And I think, oh, well, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, did it now? And so you raise such a great point of just modeling thankfulness and, and going back to where is God faithful in our lives, and, and not in a material sense. But sometimes that is the case, but mostly in the spiritual sense. And where has He been faithful? What has He done for us? It's just always coming from a heart of gratitude. Yes. I think that's hard to do in this culture if you're not super intentional in doing it. So, yeah, modeling is key. Um, but, but, yes, we fall short. 
the last one that I want to make sure we catch is the last one in your in your journal marked by mission. This is exploring missions, and we tell people in, in the beginning, whether it's around the world or across the street, I want to add one in your home. And and listen, all the missionaries that I have known and read about, they started out in a home, uh, Cynthia, you know? Uh, seems like that yeah. missional purpose in a home really puts it into the heart of the children many times, doesn't it? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And, and you know, the Great Commission starts in our house. And so going and telling God's great purposes, His Word, how Jesus died on the cross for us, like we start that in the home. But then also when we're called into missions, which all of us in some capacity, we're called, whether or not that's, you know, Africa or whatever that is, most of us, it's in our home, it's across the street, it's next door, it's school. But, you know, I would say this, in my own family, we, my husband and I both felt called to foster care a couple of years ago to be involved in the foster care system. Being a family that believes in every life matters and there's a... a, a we we struggle with abortion, quite frankly, but we felt like, let's stop talking about it, and let's be a part of the problem. If we're going to be pro-life, then let's go and let's go after these kids and that don't have a place. And so that's what we did. We entered into foster care, not knowing what we were doing. You know, uh, you can imagine, we uh, went through all the home study and all of that. And long story short, we ended up, as we were getting ready to take our first placement of a child out of foster care, Lots of people said to us, are you sure you know what you're doing? Have you prayed a lot about this? Do you know what this could mean for your family? There's a lot of trouble in the foster care system. And so we went through this whole process. And I'm going to be honest with you, Bert, I was really, really scared when we went into foster care. I knew God called called us to it, but I was nervous. I was scared about what that might mean. And now on the other side of foster care, having adopted a little boy out of foster care, I'm scared of who we would be if we had not done it. Wow. We're different people because we've been in CPS offices. We've seen kids with all that they own in trash bags. We've seen the hard places that exist out there that we have not seen before. And that's just the beauty of mission and ministry in the home. When God called my husband and I to something, our kids were brought along. And now our or two biological kids, our older two, They understand things they never would have understood. They've seen things they had never seen, but both of them have said in their lives, like, I hope someday the Lord calls me to adopt or somehow be involved in foster care. And so just an example of how, by no means patting ourselves on the back for getting anything right, but an example of how God is so faithful to use it when he calls us to places, the hard places, that he uses it for the glory of his people, his kingdom, and our families. It changes lives, and really, that's what this journal's about, marked by prayer. Um, after looking at it, I believe it will change the life of the parent and grandparent who is praying for their children and their grandchildren. It will obviously help your children to be changed. It will challenge you to say, am I living out my life in such a way that my prayers are not hindered? You know, it tells us husbands that we better live with our wives with understanding so our our prayers will not be hindered, Cynthia, you know? And so if we become prayer warriors on mission for God, uh, I think it's the possibility of changing the world. Right now, I hear people talking all the time about praying for our nation. And this booklet gives you an opportunity to pray firsthand how to pray for your children, how to live your life. 
and uh, I recommend it highly. Cynthia, uh, again, thank you for being with us on Exploring Missions. Well, thank you, and thank you for what you do, and you're just such a great encouragement, such wisdom, so thank you for that, and, and I look forward to everyone praying together with us, praying for our kids, and we do a podcast every Monday morning where we pray together for our families on Cards and Mass, so we'd love for anyone just to tune in and join us, but thank you so much for having me. Again, thank you for being with us. Our guest, Cynthia Yanoff, Pardon the Mess is her podcast. You can find that on Pardon the Mess and this booklet, Marked by Prayer. I pray that you'll get it. It will become useful to you in your life as you pray for your children and as you live out the Great Commission in your home, across the street, and around the world.